The B2B sales world is in turmoil. Quota attainment is down. Revenue growth is slowed. Turnover is up. All of this is in the face of ever-increasing pressure to perform. Is it a surprise that the average sales leader stays in place for only 12 to 18 months? That's barely enough time to start executing the strategy. These problems are fixable, and we are going to serve the sales leadership community with this show. I'm Lucas Price. I've launched and exited B2B startups and built elite sales organizations. Now I want to give back by bringing you this podcast, Building Elite Sales Teams. It will be full of actionable best practices to help you excel as a sales leader. We're going to burn the churn. Let's get back to winning. Building Elite Sales Teams is on. Talent is universal, but opportunity often isn't. In sales, that's almost an absolute truth. And here's what I mean. When you look at the demographics of sales and especially B2B sales in the U.S., what do you notice? It's largely male and it's largely white. And as you look across the B2B tech sales landscape, the higher up in an organization you go, the more true that statement becomes. And part of the reason why those demographics exist could be due to the fact that the entire hiring process within sales is loaded with bias in the process. So how do you change that? What we're going to do in this conversation is talk through a handful of steps that you can take to mitigate the amount of bias that's involved in your hiring process. If you're not using a structured interview process for every candidate that comes through your pipeline, you got to start. That's an absolute must. It means that you're using the same questions in the same order for every candidate. And what it allows you to do is that it allows you to play, create an equal playing field that allows for easier comparison among the candidates in your pipeline based on their responses. One of the steps that you should take in this is really sit down and define what good, better, best answers look like and have that balanced scorecard built out ahead of time so you know what you're evaluating. Another step that you can take and there's a couple of different directions that you can go with this, but implementing blind resume reviews wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. You remove the names, you remove any identifying information, you remove specific information about companies that they worked at, or it, it remove information about colleges that they attended, all of that sort of stuff. Removing that information reduces the level of bias and helps you focus on what matters the skills, the qualifications, and the experience. Now, you can decide how far you want to take that, but at least at a minimum level is always a good idea. Another idea that you can put into place to eliminate the presence of bias is that if you have a talent acquisition function and they're setting up interviews, they won't send you the resume of the candidate or any of the details about the candidate until an hour or two before the interview is supposed to happen. You'll just see an invite on your calendar and then you're already committed to the interview. You have to build that trust with your talent acquisition group so that they can actually put people onto your calendar, but have them hold back the resume and any of the identifying information until a couple hours before the interview. And that's gonna help you get in the right mindset so you're evaluating based on skills, qualifications, and experience. A third step that you can take is to focus on skill-based assessment. Now, that requires 
organizations, and this might be challenging for startup or accelerating growth organizations, to really distill out what the job duties are. You're evaluating how they perform, not how they can pass their test. So if you have a well-defined set of roles and responsibilities or tasks and responsibilities, assess based on their ability to meet the task or execute that task. One of the things that you should be looking at is outcomes-based hiring. What is the desired outcome that you're looking to achieve? And then who are the candidates that have done this throughout their career that you can talk to that will be a better predictor of future success? Incorporating role plays and, and presentations as part of your interviewing process could be another way that you can actually flesh out how effective a particular candidate is in the job. Fourth thing that you should consider, and this might be tricky depending on what stage you're at as an organization and even how big you are, but as soon as you can, you should be incorporating a diverse hiring panel. So we've already talked about how the world of sales from a B2B tech perspective in the US is largely one dimensional. So if you wanna buck the trend and you wanna get access to a much broader pool of candidates, you have to look at embedding diversity and diversity into your hiring panels so that you're looking at mitigating or reducing the individual biases that might exist. And you have multiple perspectives that are being brought forward in a hiring decision. Last but certainly not least, you should be looking at leveraging technology to streamline your hiring process and remove bias from it. And there are tools that you can implement both from a talent attraction perspective, a sourcing perspective, and even an interview perspective that you can embed into your process that removes bias, that helps you hone in on predefined criteria, and then gives you a balanced scorecard that you can measure against. One of the key steps in hiring effectively, especially in sales, is to remove bias throughout the process. This isn't purely a fairness issue. It's a business imperative. If, if you're faced with the challenge of not having enough candidates, you can't find enough good people, you might want to first look at your internal process and see how many candidates are coming into the pipeline and how many are actually making it to an interview. If you have a lot of candidates coming into your pipeline, but not many are making it into an interview, there may be a bias issue that's at play that needs to be mitigated. You have to make sure that you're embedding diversity principles into your hiring process, reducing bias in the process. And that's how you actually build an elite sales force because your sales team represents your customer base and looks like your customer base. And internally, you're creating an environment where it's much more collaborative, much more inclusive, and your business results are going to be better for it. The alternative is do the same old, continue to struggle finding candidates, and continue to have a scenario where you're constantly churning through people because there isn't a systematized way to get them identified and then hired. Thanks for joining us today on Building Elite Sales Teams. Please remember to give us a five-star review. And if you want more information about Yardstick, you can find us at www.yardstick.team. You can follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn by searching for Lucas Price.